0: We're enjoying our visit here at the uh, the home office of the AARP Michigan. And uh, thank you, Paula Cunningham and her team, for making it possible for us to be here and to sit in, in you know, I said location, 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 where your office is located in Lansing matters, and we're right here. Uh, if there were sunshine, uh, we'd be in the shadow. <laughs> I got a kick out of that, if there were sunshine. Uh, we're in the shadow of the... Uh, the Capitol. Uh, it was
1: on Sunday. It was some beautiful Sunday. Did you make note Sunday. of that? Wasn't yes. There? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. All right. I've played with the kids outside on the ice, so it was nice. Well, that's so, good. All right. right. Well,
0: that voice you hear is from Eric Nesbitt. Sound familiar? Because you saw him last night give the Republican response to the State of the State Address. He is the minority leader of the Michigan Senate. And I, I've said this before in the air. I'm not going to hide this from you. I. I understand when there's I've been to the State of the Union in Washington, I've been to the state of the state yep, here yep. and I and those are mandated at least in Washington you have to do a state of the union address. The 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 response by the opposing party, uh, I don't care if it's a Republican and it's then the Democrats or it's a Democrat and then it's the Republicans. I've never been a big yep. big but I got to tell you yours was quite nice last night. Because you didn't come out swinging and calling names and and putting people down, you get you gave us what you felt that your constituents uh, want and need to hear. Well,
1: there's big problems in the state.
0: I think oh. everybody understands that. I didn't expect the governor to come on and say, "Boy, woe is us. We're in big trouble." That's not what a state of the state address is. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and it, it, it's good to be optimistic and positive, but. I, You know, the governor spent a lot of last year on this population commission, appointing some of her appointees, there wasn't a Senate Republican that was appointed on there because she didn't like the person I nominated for some reason because he disagreed with her COVID policies. I think uh, he had some mentions on; uh, he thought it was senior and child abuse with some of her COVID policies, and so she never appointed him on the board. Senator Lindsay out of uh, Hillsdale, Coldwater. I've, I've
0: always thought of uh, Ambassador John Ruculta as a, a pretty. I've always thought of him as a pretty strong Republican. I think um and and he was on that. Yep. He committee. was a
1: co-chair. And I, and my understanding is that he he lobbied for Senate Republicans to have representation on there. But what what I was getting at is that they it was a hand-picked crew, right? Uh 20 on the full commission, another 60 on the wider subcommittees and they issued the report in December and one of the lines in there's Michigan's on fire. Michigan's on fire. Our roads, our education system, our infrastructure, our economic development strategy. There aren't solutions to some of these big problems, along with population decline that we're seeing here in the state. Our fastest growing demographic in Michigan is those that are over 85. We're losing working age population. Our school systems are about 350,000 less students than they were 30 years ago. So, demographically, we're hurting and we're challenging. But what's interesting is from last year, and this is what the governor spent a lot of time yesterday praising, was what the partisan Democrats and the governor did last year that made it more expensive to do business here in Michigan, repealing right to work, increasing the income tax, passing this Green New Deal mandate last year that doesn't solve our, you know, Energy problems on on distribution and reliability, but will make it more expensive and less, you know, uh, less reliable at the end of the day. And then on education, some of the accountability measures that we had out that, that were in place, such as third grade reading laws saying, hey, folks should be reading by grade level. We need to make sure we have some accountability pieces, high expectations. That some parts of teacher evaluation should be about student growth that was repealed last year and then some simple letter gradings on school buildings saying what's their performance like to make it open and transparent and so instead of talking about how do we fix our k-12 system where we rank bottom 10 in reading and science and and you know i mean just any number of um of statistics that are there right instead of looking at some wide bipartisan reforms she's looking at doubling down just expanding the scope of it and so there's some serious discussions to have on how do you make sure our young people prepared for school we have e- young people that are learning you know phonics and basic reading and and, and literacy and then at a high school level or community college level, making sure that there's the certifications that are available, that folks are, whether it's apprentice or or college, apprenticeships or college, that, that people are prepared to get into those. And so I think we need there needs to be more time spent here in Lansing, and it needs to be in a bipartisan way, especially the way the House is right now, tied House, 54 Republicans, 54 Democrats in the House. And instead of that, it seems like the governor is working off from a public relations campaign that are a bunch of focus grouped messaging points that she can try to sell to the media that doesn't fix any of these problems. And so that it, it seems like she's more intent over the next six, seven, eight months, just in case there's you know President Biden. Drops out before the convention that she has a national profile within the key Democratic constituencies ready to run to be Camilla Harris's vice president. And so that is concerning when her own commission says Michigan's on fire. We need to be serious about these issues, Mm -hmm. education, infrastructure and on infrastructure. What was the proposal? Coming through on the promise of maxing out on the state's credit card, of bonded debt. So we'll have another year of spending from the credit card on infrastructure, and then there's a big cliff with no permanent funding on how to repay a lot of these bonds that she's maxed out over the last few years. And so there's ways to you know that we could come together and, and figure out ways to lower the cost of investing in our roads and infrastructure, getting more efficiencies out of it. And there's also ways that we can look in terms of prioritizing prioritizing the funding. We, you know, that we that we need to invest in our roads and bridges.
0: Well, I, I wish we had more time, but uh, we are out of time. We appreciate what you're saying, Eric Nesbitt, and we want to invite you back on again and let's uh, let's talk about these things. Uh, and by the way, a quick uh, shout out from uh, Michael Murray at Hillsdale. Oh. he said you're a Hillsdale grad. and He wanted me to make sure I mentioned that. Semper Fi. As we continue.
1: God bless.